All right. Two, two, two. What did we ever do to you? Sorry about goats. What were we supposed to do? Now, even though this game we blew, in this meta, I believe the Titans can pop off too. We were destined to lose. I can prove to you it's true. Don't believe me? Our record now is ironically is 2-2 two, two, and 2. 5, 4, 3, 2, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, the voice that sets you straight each and every week. Joined virtually by Omni at OmniStripe. Sam at another Sam Chan is again missing in action because like the Titans, Sam didn't show up. Hmm. Well... I guess we'll have to uh, share the load here of uh, hosting our fourth sad podcast here. I know, right? Like, it's it's becoming unfortunate that we're having to host more and more of these sad podcasts. Uh, I really wish we didn't have to. But then, frankly, four sad podcasts is still (laughs) a good run, all things considered. Uh, But Omni, uh, what's uh, new in your neck of the woods? Uh, What's uh, going on this week? Uh, not, not much. I uh, was able to finally enjoy uh, my new place. Uh, all all the boxes are unpacked, so I got to host you guys for the watch party kind of thing. And later got down to enjoy the swimming pool. It was pretty nice, so can't complain there. Yeah, you know, I, was, I have to say, your place looks uh, pretty swank. You got a heck of a view. I am kind of worried that uh, when the sun starts to set in the summer, your place will turn into an easy-bake oven, because all it is is windows. Uh, and a view to the horizon like you can see vancouver island from your place it's, it's unbelievable yeah the summer has been kind of brutal this uh <laughs> this month yeah and I, you know this is all relative I, I guess if we have anyone who's listening to us in europe you're like what are you talking about it's smoking hot here and you're right it is smoking hot in europe and it's probably smoking hot in all sorts of other locations but for us here in the pacific northwest i'm born and raised in vancouver um, i was used to temperate summers where you know if it got into like the the mid-20s that that was like a heat wave now mid-20s is like a guaranteed and usually we're pushing into the 30s and that just yeah, sucks this is like canada here we're supposed to live in igloos and all that right Exactly. I mean, heck, my igloo melted like in <laughs> February and it's, I've been just living out in the open ever since. Uh, but uh, beyond that, uh, spoiler alert, if you hadn't already understood what we we're referring to at the kick of the episode, the Vancouver Titans lost. So uh, this episode is going to have us get into that. But before we jump into the payload, let's talk about some news with Ready, Set, Pwn. We shared last week that we were looking for ways to help uh, people really join an exclusive community uh, of those supporters of the podcast. Now, first and foremost, supporting the podcast is extremely easy. All you need to do is tune in each and every week. That is phenomenal. You smash that subscribe button if you haven't done so already, even more phenomenal. But people have been asking, hey, Chris, how can I support the podcast even further? Well, to that effect, we have launched ourselves on Patreon, as it will be now known as our Ready, Set, Pwn patronage. So if you go to patreon.com slash ready, set, Pwn, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash ready, set, Pwn, which is R-E-A-D-Y-S-E-T-P-W-N. Again, just saying that for those who might just have tuned in in the last week or two. 
You can see all the different ways to support us. It starts at a buck US. Uh, it goes all the way up to 500 uh, US a month if anyone wants to. That's like a million dollars Canadian, right? Oh, yeah. After exchange, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> like has to be a million dollars, but we've got a number of different tiers in between. Um, they range from perks that uh, give you special, uh, you know, categorization in Discord and the RSP Discord, uh, some tangible perks that uh, we might uh, send your way and, and other such things. Uh, but I, I just want to make it very clear. This is us sort of entering the world of Patreon, doing what, you know, listeners have asked us to do for them. And I, I do believe that as we sort of evolve, we're going to go and possibly refine these levels of support. And I want to make it very clear. I'm a firm believer of buffs. I hate nerfs. So I don't see us actually reducing what you get for the level of support. I would see that you would probably find it would increase. Uh, and, and anyone who's worried that all oh, these, you know, patron, uh, uh, podcasts do these special campaigns where a select few get something special. If we do something like that, there's a good chance that if you're already supporting us at the tier that we're looking to, to have a special campaign for, you'll probably get in on the action. So don't sweat that small stuff. Again, it's very new, but uh, yeah, patreon.com slash ready set is where you can learn out all the details. So let's, uh, you know what? Let's jump into the payload. Let's moving the payload. Join me. Okay, Vancouver Titans lost to the Washington Justice. The 4-0. Now, hey, uh, let's point out, we predicted it was going to be 4-0. Both you and yeah, I we, said we, 4-0. Yeah, we're, we got it right. But you calling this a loss is a very pleasant way to put it. It was it was a beat down. And, and I don't know if it was the you know fire noodles. I don't know if it was the new <laughs> chair meta, which we'll talk a little bit about. Yeah. I don't know if it was the fact that Corey isn't human, but the Vancouver Titans looked lost. Like there was never an answer for what the justice were, were dishing. I mean, you had Twitch chat up on the screen when we were watching at your place and people are just going nuts saying, you know, one trick goats, one trick goats. I think it's quite clear. The Vancouver Titans are not a one trick goats team, but whatever the heck they were this weekend, I don't want to see them that way ever again. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty bad. It, it was a lot of, uh, you know, deer in a headlights sort of situation. It felt to me like they were stagnant, not really uh, trying to do anything new, not trying to adapt like they normally would. Uh, they felt out of it right from the get go. There was no point, like you said, in the game where it felt where I felt the Titans are, oh, here, here they come back again like they normally do. It felt like uh, the tables have turned and we were the the bad team there and, and Washington just played us like a fiddle really yeah and you know it, it goes right to the first map on ilios like we saw the vancouver titans go up against the washington justice with yeah. some odd compositions like ultimately you had a starting map on lighthouse where hurig comes out as doomfist mm-hmm. Haxel comes out as afara right. in a pharmacy comp with slime on mercy it seems to me that Haxel and hurig had their roles reversed like should Hurig not have been the the Farah and Haxel been the Doomfist. I, in my mind, those are sort of the the tunes that each would play better. But even then, why not see the potential of a Haxel Genji or you know right. have Hurig come out on on Widow and Lighthouse? I get that maybe Lighthouse isn't the best map for that, but it just seemed odd. And then you know the the Oink and Yoink which they were running just didn't pan out. Um, the epitome of Lighthouse, Hurig charging out the door. And to his death, <laughs> direct like, to the abyss. 
Yeah, it, it was like a, a, a miss times 20. It was bad. But again, the Vancouver Titans just looked off from the get-go. And if you actually look at the, the character stats for the Titans to the Justice, I mean, the Justice didn't run what I would consider an unbeatable comp. Stratus was on right. make, Corey was on Reaper. So it's not as if either one of those couldn't have been dealt with by Haxel or Hureg. Right. But DPS to DPS, we lost. And then unfortunately, our our, our tank line uh, mm-hmm. uh, couldn't handle things. And then without you know that level of support, Twilight and Slime were just eaten up alive. I, I guess uh, you're right. I, I, I get the Farah pick here. Maybe they should have tried putting Horag on the Farah. I'm, I'm not sure how, how good is his Farah because we didn't really see him play that much. But we did see Haxal play a lot of Doomfist in some points, even when Goats was a thing. And uh, at the start there, it, it felt like a, a bad match uh, against the Reaper in May. Janu started playing the map, at least in Lighthouse. It p- played really well. He had a good group there. I think from hi- for him, at least, I'll, I'll be talking about it more as we progress to, through the maps, but he had a really off day. But on this map, on, on Lighthouse, it was actually Stratus, who I was really impressed with now rewatching the game. Uh, really, it was incredible on May, just controlling the space. And just as we go, got our soul capture, like the only capture we got uh, on uh, Lighthouse, Ark boops off Bumper as Wrecking Ball. How, how the hell do you get booped off as Hammond? Don't you have that grappling hook basically always on cooldown? I don't know. Like a different DPS were played, sure. Uh, but I think that they had just su- superior survivability of when you have May and Reaper, that, you know, Reaper threw his damage and May threw her. Uh, cryo thing where, where she regens and they mm-hmm. had the added sustain of a Lucio and Moira as we had just a Mercy and Ana. we couldn't just kill them right and that was like a, a, an easy win really for Justice on Lighthouse and it kind of went downhill from there that was actually a decent map for us but it didn't go really that well yeah, and in Ruins, the Vancouver Titans just couldn't get anything strung mm. together. Mm. Um, unfortunately for the Titans, again, uh, they seemed to struggle right. to truly understand what it was they wanted to roll out with and how to counter the justice. And really, um, uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and and from, from, from that point, though, I still wasn't quite worried. Because again, while the Titans lost that control map, I still saw Volsky Industries and Hollywood North to, mm-hmm. to you know, turn the tide. But you were going to say something before we move on to Volskaya? Yeah, three things. Uh, more like two things, but three of our players. Twilight on Moira got really outplayed by Guido here on, on Ruins. He got his coalescence so quickly. It feels like Twilight being the Zen and, and Anna a god, really, for throughout the season. He didn't really get to practice Moira that much, so it wasn't as good as Guido's. And he got coalescence so much quicker. And then uh, a, re- a really bad pattern with a Haxal and Janu. They, they appeared a bit lost. Uh, both Haxal on the May really underwhelming, and Janu got really uh, demolished here on this point in Ruins. So that's where we kind of went down uh, 0-1 to Washington. Yeah, and you know, as we transitioned into to Volskaya, as I mentioned uh, just before, I didn't lack confidence seeing how the Titans played on control, yeah. but watching ultimately the Titans struggle against Corey, who was doinking people every which direction with his yeah. Hanzo, uh, it became much more concerning. Now, Hureg, in fairness, didn't do too badly when he was on Widow or mm-hmm. sorry, when he was on Hanzo. But the problem was is that the Vancouver Titans didn't have much else. Like Hoxall struggled right. with the May play. Um, he did get on Doomfist late to try to, again, challenge a second point. Um, you know, Slime 
played as Baptiste, which I guess makes sense with that type of map. But what was confused was you had Twilight playing a Zen um, as opposed to uh, an Anon attack. Um, mm. I feel his, his Anna would have been better suited. Bumper and Janu with the Oink and Yoink, it didn't work out. I actually, at one point when we were sitting there, I was saying, like, you know, why doesn't Bumper go to Ryan? I get that Ryan doesn't fit this meta too well, but I think he would have been able to play the role more aggressively. And that was one of the things that the Justice did well, is they stuck together and they carried the play. Like, at one point, they, you know, popped, what, two alts uh, on defense. They essentially deleted bumper from the game yeah. uh, and not only that slime popped his baptiste alt when there was really just him and janu left and then janu had to go and eat a uh, uh a hanzo alt and you yeah. know that was all she was she wrote i mean again the titans just could not get anything going for them uh you mentioned bumper there i i think he was the most like meh player of this game he didn't really do much um good things at all he didn't really do much you know bad plays at all he was just not not a factor non-factor in, in any way but there's a reason why why they call this meta you know the oink and doink or the pulled pork there's there's a tandem there between the orissa and the and 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 the hog and our hog um in john wasn't wasn't that great especially uh sam sam came to play and Haxa, like I said, uh, he he started playing the May in this in, in Volskaya, and Stratus was on point again. Uh, Hureg, like you said, he got a few shots there at the start against uh, as a widow, but then uh, Corey Hanzo starts to wake up, and he got Bumper, like you said, and then uh, Corey and Gido get Haxal and Bumper, and we we kind of stalled them there, but it wasn't enough, and we we were just looking very very sloppy, especially when we attacked and we had like three minutes to cap. B and nothing was really going there and you you could see that Hureg was flipping between oh maybe I'll try a Hanzo now oh maybe I'll try a Widow he didn't really know what to play and yeah it, it just didn't work well and not knowing what to play takes us into to Hollywood North I mean, oh. like you look at Hollywood the Vancouver Titans didn't do horrible on the defense. Unfortunately, it wasn't Hollywood North style. Yeah. And then on the attack, they struggled a little, little bit, but once they got the, the, the escort side, they did well until they started going into the, the studio. But Hureg went from uh, a Reaper to a Hanzo to a Sombra. They actually saw most of their success when he was on Sombra right. until they went into the studio. I, I, again, wonder at this point why Stitch would not have come in for Hurig. Like, you're already down 2-0. You're going into Hollywood. You know, I, I kind of sort of think you're finding that Hurig is is not having as, as much success because he's not being able to play the, the essentially character he needs to play. He needed to be a widow. Straight yeah. up. Like, that was where his success came the entire match. And yet he wasn't being given that opportunity, whether it was because of the the meta that the Titans seemed to want to embrace, whether it was the fact that they just wanted to try to figure out this Reaper May meta or May, May Hanzo. I mean, I, again, it, we saw sort of a mixture of the two. Mm -hmm. We talked about this while we were watching at your place and, and it was yourself, uh, Lena, uh, Rallet was there, Michael was there, I was there. And uh, the comment came up during halftime, are the Vancouver Titans sandbagging? 
And, you know, we sort of like, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, you know, Rollup pointed out that the word on the street is that the Vancouver Titans don't take scrims too seriously. And when we see what happens going into Matt four, where the Vancouver Titans now have lost to the justice, that's official. Yeah. I feel they simply stuck with what they were sort of told they needed to stick with come hell or high water for the sake of actually sort of feeling it out. And if that's the case, that sucks because you're, you're doing it against the justice who you're essentially suggesting isn't a team you're too concerned about. And now you've given other teams confidence that they may not have already had. I, you know, we saw the Vancouver Titans sort of start to flex a little bit on Hollywood, but again, they couldn't get, get the escort complete. Uh, without overtime. And as a result, that was a guaranteed loss. They could not yeah. actually win at that point. The best they could hope for was a draw and they were already down 2-0. I, I was just, just so disappointed. Yeah. Me likewise, when we were down 2-0, we looked at each other and were like, oh, okay, what the hell is going on? And the biggest disappointment came with Hollywood. I know Havana was <laughs> kind of even worse in a way, but they didn't put up a fight. And when that comment of sandbagging came up, I, I was infuriated because i hated that little claim for for new york and i used to like laugh at them for like using that term uh because i have issue with believing it's a sandbag Mm -hmm. because you can't sandbag when you're not like when it's a new meta right we all saw what happened to new york when they came into the playoffs and well you can't sandbag in the playoffs and and Surprise, surprise, they really can't play Brigitte. They really can't play that meta that was prevailing during the finals, and they lost uh, pretty handily to a then-considered-to-be-a-much-worse team in Philadelphia. And that's kind of what, what I'm afraid of here. Like, why would you sandbag or, or hide your strats when it's a new meta and everybody's trying to feel out what's going on? And w- another thing that I have issues with is that Washington of this stage is not the same Washington we saw in the last three stages, right? They, they're 2-0. and They're playing pretty dominantly. We already saw examples of, of better teams on paper, like uh, London losing to uh, the Mayhem, right? Mm-hmm. So, so uh, And you're right. It did look like they were not even trying to win or, or trying to approach some things. Hacksaw on the May, I feel like I go back to that point. He was pretty darn bad and incidentally another uh solid uh pillar of our team um janu i really didn't get what he was trying to achieve especially in hollywood he insisted to play the diva against sansam's hog you cannot matrix hooks janu it's impossible. No, you, and, t- you totally eat them. The problem is, is they hook on and pull you back. Yeah, there's, yeah. he got destroyed by, by Sansam. And, and uh, John has also had a good, a good game. And uh, yeah, he, it was hard, right? At one point, even at those fights where we get the picks, it felt like the tables have turned. Like I mentioned before, we got like three picks. We get Sansam, we got Corey, we got Guido. We lost Haxel in the process, but still, it's like five versus three. It's pretty good, right? Nope. Well, there was basically, yeah, we were was coming that point back from Volskaya, where the Vancouver mm-hmm. Titans arguably had the second point, hands down. And right. wait a minute, how did we lose that team? Fight? Right. So yeah, Bumper comes back with a with the healers to the point, and guess who's back? It's uh, Corey, who's just getting better and better. I, I would say 
it might be an aimbot, but then how do you aimbot with Hanzo? I wanted to say he was clicking heads, but you, you don't really click heads with Hanzo. There's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, geometry going yeah. on. You have to predict those movements. So it was pretty sick. I was pretty impressed. Yeah, but yeah, he, he just popped off. And, and despite us uh, moving the payload in OT, it wasn't enough. It was only drawable at this point. Yeah, and you know, you point out that the Washington Justice aren't the same team we've seen throughout the season because the meta has changed, and I totally agree because I, I think when we saw the Justice have success in the first three stages, it was when Corey was given the opportunity right. to play the Widow, uh, and and I think on like there was one particular instance on Busan where you know he essentially loaded the entire team into his backpack. Yeah, we, we talked about it. Him. Yeah, we talked about it when when it was still goats. He was hitting shots like it's nobody's business. It was insane. Yeah, and now in this meta, like uh, like what, what, what it was called, I think the fled a deadlift when and a DPS can essentially take the, the team on his back, and they tend to like follow his lead and play better. So that's mm-hmm. exactly what happened. the The transition in Havana, though, which was a complete oh. utter mess. <laughs> If if you honestly are taking this seriously, the argument could be made that, okay, you leave the original six in because they need to go and prove themselves. But I am of the belief that if the Vancouver Titans were looking this as an opportunity to grow, that Rappel comes in, that Stitch comes mm-hmm. in, that Soman Su comes in. Like, if they're not going to come in to this type of match, when would they come in? Which goes back to this point where I, I truly think the Titans were sticking to whatever you know and i you don't even know what it is because havana was a mess i mean like it possibly couldn't couldn't have been worse right you couldn't play that map worse justice on on their attack captures point a and the titans invested in let's see a hanzo alt i think there was like a baptiste all or a lucio like we saw three alts get invested seconds after the justice have capped the point like the, it is completely lost let's throw them in. like it was weird i i don't, I don't want to spend too much time talking about it. the justice rolled the titans it was 3-0 on havana which is not havana north it's quite clear that the vancouver titans have problems with havana yeah I, well, it's our first map uh for a fourth fourth loss but it's by far our worst game yeah i actually for me i feel i'm more upset about this whoops i ha- hit my mic there i'm more upset about this than having lost to the valiant Agreed. Right. And I, I, I feel the, the Valiant loss there, at least it looked like the Titans were sort of in it. This one, they weren't. They, they, it's like they, you know, as we let off the show, like Sam, they didn't show up. It was rough. Enough of this, this rough week. The Titans actually have two matches uh, this week. Uh, the first one is on Thursday. They kick off the week's play by going up against the London Spitfire. That's the first match on Thursday. And then they face the Philadelphia Fusion for the first match on Sunday. That being the you know, match of the week, the 12 noon Sunday uh, start. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, matchup against the, the London Spitfire. So the Vancouver Titans uh, in, in facing the Spitfire are going to be playing them on Busan, Temple of Anubis, Hollywood, and Route 66. Mm-hmm. I would normally refer to Hollywood North as Hollywood North. We saw it obviously wasn't the case. I think Route 66 actually has been relatively well with the Titans. Temple of Anubis, we have to imagine Haxel gets back on Genji there. And we've seen how he's been able to play uh, as Genji on Anubis. Uh, Busan, I think it's a little more of a coin flip. Prior to watching what happened this past weekend, I would have been confident the Vancouver Titans were going to win this one uh, 
I have doubts. But the only thing that's still giving me confidence is we also saw the London Spitfire. You know, yeah. Not London, too well. Yeah, they don't look great either. But they never have been like a, a you know, a stable team. They have the talent there. Uh, and also another thing to kind of look, take as a positive, we always seem to kind of bounce back from a loss. Uh, I don't know what type of prep talk uh, Paggio and Young One are preparing for our boys. It might be more of a stick than a carrot <laughs> coming up, uh, even though it was uh, Bumper's birthday uh I guess yeah. two days ago. If happy you're listening birthday, to this on, uh, yeah, Happy birthday. Uh, but they seem to always bounce back with a plan. So I, I trust in our boys. It was a poor showing. And even the greatest teams have a really a stinker during the season. So I'm hoping that's that. And we never get to see such a shameful performance again. So you got so the Titans 3-1. <laughs> yeah. And then on the Fusion uh, match, we got Busan, Hanamura, Blizzard World Route 66. Uh, Hanamura, the Vancouver Titans are are undefeated on, but again, that was an entirely different meta. Blizzard yeah. World is a toss-up. And, and Route 66, I should qualify, the Route 66 map uh, has not been as kind to the Titans, but ultimately in the first uh, couple stages when we saw it show up, that was map four. That was them when they re-altoed it. Uh, and one of those losses was a loss to, uh, was it to Chengdu at the time, which really the Titans shouldn't have lost, but Bumper did Bumper things. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, against the Fusion, again, uh, where do we rank the Titans? Like I would have said, oh, I'm confident that the Vancouver Titans are going to win this one 3-1. I think the Fusion put up a better fight. Uh, it, it all comes down to how we play against London. If we put up a stinker there, I'm I'm not really so sure. But if we do get that win that I predict, that we both predict, I think uh, favors come back to the Titans and we uh, win against Philadelphia even a 4-0. Really? See, I, yeah. I wouldn't be that. I would, even if a win over London, I still wouldn't have the confidence to say 4-0 against the Fusion. The way I see the Fusion, it's like whatever, everything I've said about the Spitfire, but like multiplied by three. Okay. They have underwhelmed me so far. Uh, they're not as they're not as flexible or as scary to me as Birdring and, and Prophet Ikyo and, and Carpe. Um, I, I don't know. It's hard to predict. Like who knows? Nobody can predict anything right now. But <laughs> hopefully, um, I get the Titans get vindicated in this uh, week because they need it really badly. Well, that that I agree with. I I feel the Vancouver Titans need to bounce back and they need to. Yeah essentially treat both the the spitfire and the fusion like they treated the gladiators yeah like that there there has to be a a smackdown we're gonna flex have a lot of fun and beat you senseless six times to tuesday right we still have to face the shock and and nyxl i mean nyxl who knows what goes on in that team too but we need to pick up these uh wins where we can right and philly and spitfire in the past weren't weren't that of a challenge uh, as as they appear to be now, but like hopefully we we get the two zero in this week. Yeah. Well, 
Hopefully, as we have predicted, the Vancouver Titans get those two wins, because if they do, the magic number is non-existent. They would ultimately be clinching uh, the, the season standings. But uh, as of this podcast, uh, they, it is still technically up in the air. The Vancouver Titans are still top of the table with a 22-2 and record. Uh, that's uh, essentially a uh, two-win uh, stretch on the New York Excelsior. Uh, the San Francisco Shock, it's technically a four-win stretch, although the Shock have one game at hand. So there are, you know, plausible chances for either one of those teams to finish above the Titans. And I know this got brought up in Titans Court, so I will add that caveat. Finishing top of the standings means nothing if you haven't embraced the meta and stage four is a wash. So the hope is the Vancouver Titans have adapted and are now going to go and show us uh, that uh, week in and uh, after by week, week out. So let's take a quick break as we transition into the fray. So looking at the week that was, uh, first of all, let's get it out of the way. Uh, there were a handful of upsets. The Vancouver Titans losing to the Washington Justice 4-0, thankfully, wasn't the first, nor was it the last upset that we saw over the course of the week. So let's kick off what happened on Thursday. On Thursday, the Spitfire beat the Charge 3-1. The Justice beat the Mayhem 3-2. The Defiant beat the Dragons 2-1. And the Dynasty beat the Valiant 3-2. Both you and I had the Charge-Spitfire match when arguably the other three weren't too bad. Yep. Who would have who uh, thought that Florida and Washington was going to be so entertaining and competitive, right? Well, in fairness, when you're both at the bottom... You're pretty equal, but that's true. We, you know, as we just saw the Washington justice do a little bit later in the weekend, maybe the justice are an entirely different team who will potentially, you know, win out stage four and get absolutely nothing for it. Cause there are no stage playoffs, just season playoffs after this. And they are done like dinner. Or maybe Florida Mayhem is more competitive than, than the Vancouver Titans. Who knows? Yeah, could be. Could be. <laughs> On Friday, the Paris Eternal fell to the New York Excelsior 3-1. The Fusion beat the Outlaws 3-1. The Gladiators beat the Hunters 3-2. And the Charge beat the Spark 3-0. Uh, you gave us the Excelsior Eternal match. I said the Charge Spark. And I don't feel either one of us really got it right. Uh, that's not to suggest that uh, the match that you had wasn't a good one to watch. But the one I told everyone to watch... I'm so sorry I <laughs> led you astray. Wah, wah. On Sunday, the or Saturday, sorry, the Atlanta Rain beat the Paris Eternal 4-0. Florida Mayhem beat the London Spitfire 3-0. Uh, Dallas Fuel lost to the LA Valiant 3-1. <laughs> and the San Francisco Shock squeaked by the Gladiators 3-2. Both you and I said that was the match to watch. And that was actually the one we got right. Mm. I, it was a... Interesting one, yeah. I, I actually thought the Gladiators almost gave it away. I, I, I was a little disappointed that they didn't beat the Shock there, but credit to the Shock, they know how to clutch up. I agree with you there, yeah. Gladiators, uh, they seem to be on an uprise, and, and San Francisco, I was quite surprised with 
with the fact that they won this match. It didn't feel like looking just at the maps if you uh, didn't pay attention to scores. It felt like uh, Gladiators were playing a bit better, but I guess, I don't know, maybe it's the veterancy on that team, all the players that can clutch out and those fights at the end. Uh, and San Francisco got away with the win, so that's all that matters, really. Yeah, and then on Sunday, Atlanta Reign beat the Outlaws 3-1. The Fusion beat the Defiant 3-2, as we had already heard. The Justice beat the Titans 4-0, and then the Chengdu Hunters beat the Excelsior 4-0. Uh, what was interesting, just on, on that note, the Vancouver Titans having lost 4-0 to the Justice. During that match, there was a little, you know, picture-in-picture uh, picture, uh, comment that if the Titans were to lose 4-0, then only the Excelsior <laughs> would be the... Uh, team only team remaining who had not lost 4-0 and Whoops. uh anyhow thanks for that jinx uh you know overwatch league because uh nyxl fell 4-0 to the hunters in a match where the hunters essentially never gave the excelsior no. a, a chance um i i, I we I'm going to be honest that it made me feel a little bit better. It did, right? We were sitting there and <laughs> calm down a little bit. We're like, oh, yeah, oh man, look at the hunters, you know? Oh, we're terrible losers. Yeah, horrible. But uh, going into this week, let's uh, quickly run through Thursday. So as we had already said, kicking off Thursday is the London Spitfire Vancouver Titans. We then are followed by the Paris Eternal Philly Fusion, Toronto Defiant Florida Mayhem, and the Guangzhou Charge Soul Dynasty. Uh, both you and I chose the Charge Dynasty match. Um, I chose it simply because I feel it has more in play with the playoff uh uh standings. That's not to suggest the Defiant aren't playing to get in, but I, I kind of think the Defiant are done. They might not be mathematically out, but they're out. Mm, yeah, that kind of feels that way. Definitely. That's a very disappointing season, really, especially with considering how they started it up uh, in stage one. Yeah. On Friday, you've got the Boston Uprising, the Washington Justice, the Dallas Fuel, LA Gladiator, San Francisco Shock, Shanghai Dragons, the Hangzhou Spark, New York Excelsior. You chose the Shock Dragons. I chose the Uprising Justice. You want to see if the Corey is real, if he can still carry? That's it. I mean, I, that, that's I the thought reason I chose that. I thought about it too, but Boston, oh, they're not a great test uh, for them. Okay. But I, I, I guess Vancouver weren't either. So, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a 4 0, I think, unless, I don't know. I, I don't even know. And I, I would presume you chose Shock Dragons. It's the rematch. Yeah. I saw just more talent across the board, and that's the game I'm looking forward to uh, on Friday. But let's talk about the Shanghai Dragons in Stage 4. Aren't they limited by the fact that they can now only roll out two DPS? Like, that that has actually caused them some pain. Stage 3 was almost set up for them to be the perfect stage for, really, their roster. Mm -hmm. And now, now that they've got into Rolock, they're sort of in this place where they're doing okay, but they're not as strong as they once were. Yeah, a lot of factors are really screwing up with a lot of the teams. I mean, San Francisco Shock as well, not oh. being able to play Sinatra at all almost. It's like, who knows, is, really? Is Super still on the team? Uh, <laughs> guess he is. Like in the past three stages, we were at least capable of putting up uh, like a facade that we knew what we were talking about now. I can't even bother to fake it. It's, well, it's insanity. A, it's a completely new season. And we, 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 we <laughs> yes. got essentially two and a half stages of, hey, we could see what was going on and make uh, some educated guesses. But you're right. Now, much of what we're looking at, complete coin flips. 
Anyhow, moving right along, uh, let's go on to Saturday. We've got the Spitfire Outlaws, Dynasty Defiant, Mayhem Valiant, Hunters and Spark. You chose zero matches because you're heading to the beach. <laughs> Probably. I, I just can't seem to find anything interesting in here. I chose uh, enlight- Enlighten me. I chose the Defiant Dynasty because it's the team Sam loves and the team Sam hates. And because <laughs> Sam wasn't here, I know that that's the match he would have chosen. Oh, imagine if Toronto beats Seoul. Oh, man. Sam will never hear the <laughs> end of it if he ever joins us again for another episode. I'm looking forward to it. Let's go Defiant. And then on Sunday, uh, again, the Fusion kick off the day with the Titans, followed by the Justice Outlaws, Shock Fuel, Charge Excelsior. Both of you and I chose Charge Excelsior. Um, I feel that... This is sort of an Excelsior prove, prove me match. They need to show that they can handle the charge to show that they're continuing this momentum towards the postseason. Whereas the charge are again, playing to get themselves in. So uh, to me, that's the matchup to watch. No. Like it ever mattered for New York, if they had momentum going into the postseason or not. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, yeah, just putting yeah. it out there. Are you, are you throwing up their logo with, you know, someone's hands just below it? Oh, Reggie Miller's hands, yeah. I think. <laughs> oh, anyhow, so those are the uh, the matches we're suggesting you should watch. Let's talk a little bit about some moves in the Overwatch League. So first and foremost, the Houston Outlaws have a new owner. So they actually had had a new owner this season. They were purchased by Immortals Gaming, which owned the LA Valiant. The Overwatch League essentially told Immortals they had to sell and sell they have. So the Houston Outlaws were purchased for $40 million. Um, I actually, I put in an offer. I was about $39.99999 million short. And uh, anyhow, they are now going to be owned by a developer named Lee, I think it's Zybin or Zebin, who has companies like uh, Zebin Developments or something like that. It's again, it's a development company. And for those of you who are curious, well, what's a development company? The Aquilinis, who are the owners of the Vancouver's, Essentially, they run a number of businesses, but the primary business is a development company. They develop land, they build structures, things of that sort. Mm -hmm. So that's not out of the ordinary. It does show in my mind confidence in the Overwatch League that someone who doesn't necessarily have the esports background is looking to acquire a team. But again, not having someone with an esports background gives me pause to wonder what might happen with the Houston Outlaws going into 2020. Yeah, I just hope that they hire the right people to manage it. From what I read, it seems positive for the city of Houston. I mean, he's very active locally. He's into like sustainable development and whatnot. And uh, now the fans can rest easy. Uh, all the those uh, fourteen to sixteen year old uh, fan girls uh, for <laughs> out there in uh, Houston can rest easy because it doesn't seem like uh, they will be moved anytime uh, soon. And they are also playing a bit better at this stage. So I'm happy for them. Yeah, it's always good to have that type of situation sorted out because any type of noise or distraction right. when you don't know, right. you know, who's running it never the helps. show it doesn't help at all. And and as word would have it, the outlaws were essentially running on a shoestring budget. Like in, Immortals mm-hmm. wasn't investing a ton of cash because why would they? They were told they had to yeah. get rid of the the franchise. Yeah. He also bought up the debt. Obviously, there was uh, probably piling up there. That's yeah. why I guess uh, it goes up to the 40s. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Crystal, suspended indefinitely by this park. <laughs> Uh, I mean, whether whether that was going to happen or not was moot. I mean, Crystal's <laughs> career in the Overwatch League is done. Yeah, like I don't, I don't I, know how he recovers from this. I don't know. You know, the only thing that I can uh, hope for him, if he gets his head back on like on his shoulders, 
like it's esports, they're kids, and you know that some teams will be uh, out there. But they're looking for talent. And you see this a lot in professional sports too. There's right. a lot of head, head cases out there that if they're talented enough yeah. uh, with the right management. But, I don't know. But like – He just wanted to hang out with his mom and girlfriend. Come on. Jeez. Like I, so my, my problem here is like you look at the Overwatch League. It's not like there's a significantly large roster yeah. of players on right. each team. And when it comes down to it, is there a player out there that is currently available – that is equal to crystal. Probably more than one. Right. So oh. why why roll the dice on crystal when you can roll the dice on someone who doesn't already yeah. have all that baggage packed and ready to go? Uh, maybe only during season four expansion. Maybe then. Okay. If he's still in the scene. Yeah. But I mean, like you said, he, he has a bad history uh, with like things like that so yeah and that's the thing um, is like he, he would have to significantly reinvent himself at this point like he might yeah. get another professional esports job like i'm not suggesting that there isn't a team out there that wouldn't go and put him on the, huh? on the payroll per se but i don't think it's going to be in the overwatch league so anyhow it, it is what it is it's a situation that was all sorts of messy um and i think messy on both sides i'm not trying to pile on just crystal here i think the the spark handled it in a way that I probably would not have advised them to do, but they never actually gave me the phone call to say, Hey, Chris, what's up? So Mm -hmm. you can't can't have a week without drama in the Overwatch League. So that's true. Uh, Speaking of drama, not that this is dramatical, but uh, Elevote and Lulshish are not going to be eligible to play this season. Uh, They had difficulties (laughs) obtaining visas in time. And as a result, they missed the eligibility deadline, which ties into the rumored signing for Vancouver. Tizzy. Is that it's past that deadline. So unless the contract was approved by the Overwatch League, and I believe the contract approval requires visas, that means he's not going to be the savior that the Vancouver Titans may or may not be in need of. So if he does join the team, look forward to him being part of the roster in 2020. But again, that... It is still a rumor. Nothing official has been announced uh, beyond yeah. what we sort of saw leaked on Overwatch League uh, uh, you know, jersey. Fanatics. And, yeah, yeah. And then in turn, you know, Shy Guy, he was quite insistent that this is, this is a done deal. So again, it could very well be it's just not for 2019. I also like think that it's a done deal. I mean, why would they bother creating the graphic? We know how Fanatics don't really like to do a lot of work. <laughs> work or <laughs> and, quality work. Yeah. Uh, both okay and maybe they're king like if he can't play this season why would they bother hiding this fact i don't they, know they could have done go gone the, the route that chung do went and announced leave like the like uh for next season yeah but i don't know it's, it's it, odd it is weird but i mean this is it's just the overwatch league that that ultimately is still in this this you know maturity phase where stuff is written down on a napkin and I, and you but, know, they'll, they'll improve and, on the processes and re- seasons go on. And I have a really short term memory because we already know how, how, how um, the Titans tend to be like really, really silent until the very last second yeah. that they have to announce it. This is true. Uh, you had some late breaking news uh, about Daco. Yeah. It seems uh, a lot of his uh, social network uh, information pages uh, are dropping any mention of the Atlanta rain. So we might not see him uh, play for that team at all anymore because we saw Fred playing mostly these, mm-hmm. uh, his slot Fred or FRD. I'm not sure how, how they normally pronounce that, but yeah. uh, it looks like Daku's on the way out. 
And then uh, one other thing, and this is only because uh, we actually had uh, connected with him. So Rollett, if you missed it, uh, had a, a Q&A with uh, Movin, who was uh, trying out at the time for Team Canada for Overwatch uh, World Cup. Uh, he made Team Canada, but he's not on the... I don't think he actually made the starting roster. I think he's actually yeah. named to the roster, but may not play or, or will not likely play. Regardless, uh, when uh, Rowlett sat down with him, he was still uh, available. Like he had helped out Team Envy, but uh, didn't have a contract. Well, that's no longer the case. He joined Uprising Academy. So yep. good old Canadian boy moving is uh, part of the Uprising Academy. And but depending on how he does, could very well have a, a spot on an Overwatch League roster going into 2020. So, you know, I think uh, it's, a, it's a player to, to pay attention to. Yeah, hopefully. More Canadians in the league. Yeah, can't uh, can't have too many Canadians. Um, I wanted to touch on this a little bit just because uh, they were announced uh, by the Overwatch League, but there are going to be uh, Overwatch League awards, just like there were last year. Now, the awards themselves are, are changing a little bit into uh, uh, the 2019 season, so... There's going to be the Overwatch League MVP award. That's for the season, the Grand Finals MVP award, which is specifically for the Grand Finals. And then the, the Dennis Havalka uh, award um, is also going to be uh, given to uh, the player who's most uh, you know, representative of the community and, and uh, the league. But there are also two new awards. So the first award is the Rookie of the Year award, which I'll be honest, I was kind of surprised they didn't have. Although I guess you could argue, well, everyone was a rookie last year, so... Yeah. Okay, fair enough. And then uh, they're also going to have an award called the Overwatch League Roll Star. Now, <laughs> this part's a little bit funky. It's not one award, or if it is one award, it's an award that the top four players in each role will receive. And when we talk about role, we're talking about damage support tanks. So that means there will yeah. be four tanks, four support, and four damage all receiving role star awards. Now that ranking is going to be based on, um, uh, advanced stats as well as some, some voting as it uh, pertains to league personnel. I think the role stars award is probably what's going to be causing the most trouble because there's going to be players there that you would argue, why didn't they get a shot for MVP? I mean, we were talking yeah. about it in Titans Court where why is Hacksaw not considered an MVP? P when we're pretty much sure he's going to get himself a role star award. Yeah. Um, and Hacks is right. not the only one. Right. Like, I think there's other players out there on other teams that could arguably say, Hey, why, why didn't they get, you know, considered for MVP and the shock and Titans both had yeah. two. And I'm not suggesting that neither on either side is, is not deserving of being considered for the MVP. It's just odd. I like it. And I'll tell you why I think they looked at, pro sports leagues and and the more competition there is the harder it is to achieve any type of award like a rookie of the year or or uh, an mvp so they add just a bunch of more awards and the way i see those uh, role stars that's what they called it's like the all nba team one all nba team two but instead of like dividing them as teams they just well, pick out all right take the, the four best healers yeah, damage okay healers, i guess it, it's kind of like um emphasizes your role efficiency because it's really hard um, maybe to win the MVP if you're not a damage dealer. I mean, obviously, Jonak was an outlier, but I, it's really difficult to see someone who's not like a, a super carry um, tank or, or a DPS 
to win this award because we always talk about this in basketball, NFL, NHL, and all those leagues. Like, what is an MVP? It's really hard to gauge. But this is a more tangible award. Like to say, oh, you want to, you are one of the four best tanks, and this could incentivize these uh, these players uh, in their negotiations after you know this year is done. We're going into free agency. Maybe there's also a cash award. So it's another thing for them to you know strive towards and 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 find you know a motivation in that. And I think there will be more awards as we progress through the league. I like it. Uh, I don't think we'll see much noise around it like an MVP uh, would be with with the added skin and all that but I, I don't know I like it I'm looking forward to see some of our boys uh, represented there and that's pretty much it yeah. I mean there's only one MVP and, and, and it's kind of unavoidable now as we see the polls that I, I think Sinatra is going to get it which is kind of silly he's not really playing much this stage but that's a, a, a whole another issue in itself the, okay, so you're right. I I also agree. Sinatra is probably going to win that one. But my issue with the World Stars isn't so much that they have an award for like you know sort of like the All NBA Team style thing. I think like yeah. an All Overwatch League team, like a roster one, roster two. That that I actually like. I don't have a problem with that. It's just when I look at the World Stars and I look at how it compares to other again traditional sports leagues. You don't have here are our four defensemen who are the best in the league. The the NHL awards one trophy to one defenseman. The Norris mm. Trophy goes to only one player. Um, the defensive forward, the Selkie, goes to one player. Like again, I, I, the Vesna goes to one goaltender. I feel that there should be a an award that goes to the top damage, the, the top tank, one. the top support. Yeah. yeah, and if you want to say mm-hmm. here are the final four in each, and of them there's one, then in my mind that resonates a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. That that should have been the case. Yeah. But again, it, it, it's only the second season, so they're right. they're going to change. And as you pointed out, we're going to see more awards and an evolution of the league uh, as time goes by. Just keep the fan voting, <laughs> like keep it at bay, because <laughs> that's how these awards will lose any type of. Uh, consistency or, or value like at least in my eyes well i i have no issue if there was an award specifically chosen by the fans but i don't feel fans should have the ability to vote for each award um, yeah like that's there, there needs to be like a, a percentage of of what the fan vote will count, count well, towards, well, but not like, a- and that's, I think they're in, in the cases where fans are involved, there is a percentage. It's just I, like, right. I, to me, that sort of starts to dilute things. Cause it's not entirely clear. I think there should be like a people's choice award and the people's sure. choice award would be for this, but then there's like the MVP, which is chosen by, you know, the league office, other teams, whatever happens to be sure. you know, GMs and coaches, whatever. Yeah. Yep. Uh, anywho, let's uh, wrap things up in a nice little bow. We are, as we had uh, let off the episode, uh, launching Ready, Set, Pwn patronage. So again, if you haven't done so already, go check it out. It's patreon.com slash Ready, Set, Pwn. I'll also have a tweet uh, shot out uh, at Ready, Set, Pwn on Twitter, as well as on Facebook, facebook.com slash Ready, Set, Pwn, and probably on Instagram, because hey, why not uh, send it out that way too? Instagram.com slash Ready, Set, Pwn. But what uh, final words of wisdom do you have for our listeners this week, Ani? Okay, as this is another sad, sad podcast, I actually have a poem. Let me just get the music up and running. A short little poem that I need to provide it here. So, all right. Two, two, two. What did we ever do to you? 
Sorry about goats. What were we supposed to do? Now, even though this game we blew, in this meta, I believe the Titans can pop off too. We were destined to lose. I can prove to you it's true. Don't believe me? Our record now is ironically is 2-2 two, two, and 2. That's it. <laughs> you know, you you put so much effort into these outros that it puts me to shame. There's a reason why Sam doesn't show up anymore. He just can't compete. <laughs> That's really what it is. I guess. Like, the losing gets the best out of me. It's kind of sad, but well, melancholic in a way. Yeah, well, I know when the Vancouver Titans lost, uh, you know, previously, you sang some song, you know. <gasps> I don't know. What will I do the next time? Well, Pro- let's hope it never happens. Never happens. We'll have to wait until, you know, season three before uh, we find out. Uh, but uh, I, one other thing I should mention, and it's a matter of question, the Vancouver Titans do have that meet and greet in Seattle in uh, not this upcoming weekend, the weekend following. Um, I've shared with others. I'll be down there. Um, talk to the wife. We're making a weekend trip. So I'm going to be there for that to check it out. Meet some of our, our Ready Set Pwn listeners who might be uh, south of the border, as well as those maybe north of the border making the trip or anyone else somewhere else going to the Seattle meet and greet. So please, if you are going, let me know. Come over, say hello. Um, I'm going to try to sit down with the uh, guys from, uh, gosh, man, I've just forgotten the podcast off the top of my head. Um <laughs> Anyhow, are you gonna are you gonna make the trip down? Joystick Club, that's the podcast. I, I, I'll need to uh, figure out what's going on. Mike, maybe, maybe I'm not completely, you know, mm-hmm. completely decided on that yet. Yeah, your uh, your game time. Decision. My 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 visa is uh, is fine, unlike some other players in, in the league. Yeah, but... the last thing I need for you to happen is for you know my, my held up at the border. Yeah, my podcast host to ha- not be able to join me for my next podcast because as we've seen, we can't count on Sam. Maybe he has vi- vi- visa issues. Yeah, that's, I don't know. that's it. Sam has visa issues. He can't travel outside of Coquitlam <laughs> right now, nor can he actually talk to anyone else. Coquitlam visa. I got to give Sam credit. He fired up his PC, joined me for some uh, quick play last week. Um, I had to walk him through like how to play on, on computer. That was fun. He's like, what are the what are the keys? I'm like, dude, it's the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. It tells you which ones. Oh, okay. And then he's like, how did you do what you just did? Well, we're different characters. No, no, like the the emote. I'm like, I didn't emote. No, you said something. I need healing. Oh, X. <laughs> I kid you not. It's a it's a whole new world for him. It, it's it's amazing, and I actually wonder if I were to have Ariel, my daughter, who's two years old, one v one Sam on PC. Who'd oh win? man. <laughs> Maybe it's just like the the reason why I can't show up for the podcast. He's just grinding letters. He's already at like top hundred. Uh... <laughs> DPS main or something like that. Yeah, yeah, we'll see Sam in the league next year because he's just gone hardcore. Yeah. Um, but on behalf of the missing in section, Sam at another Sam Chan on the at Omni Strike myself, Chris at Light Force. I'm going to sign off this episode as I always do with those magic words. Hatchrays, Herman Miller.